Chapter Two of the Mintage. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Mintage by Albert Hubbard. To the West. By taking thought, you can add cubits to your stature. To stand by the open grave of one you have loved and feel the sky shut down over less worth in the world is the supreme test. There you prove your worth, if ever. You must live and face the day, and face each succeeding day, realizing that the moving finger writes, and having writ, moves on, nor all your tears shall blot a line of it. Heroes are born, but it is calamity that discovers them. Once in western Kansas in the early eighties, I saw a loaded four-horse wagon skid and topple in going across a gully. The driver sprang from his seat and tried to hold the wagon upright. The weight was too great for his strength, powerful man though he was. The horses swerved down the ditch instead of crossing it, and the overturning wagon caught the man and pinned him to the ground. Half a dozen of us sprang from our horses. After much effort, the tangled animals were unhitched and the wagon was righted. The man was dead. In the wagon were the wife and six children, the oldest child a boy of fifteen. All were safely caught in the canvas top and escaped unhurt. We camped there, not knowing what else to do. We straightened the mangled form of the dead and covered the body with a blanket. That night the mother and the oldest boy sat by the campfire and watched the long night away with their dead. The stars marched in solemn procession across the sky. The slow, crawling night passed. The first faint flush of dawn appeared in the east. I lay near the campfire, my head pillowed on a saddle, and heard the widowed mother and her boy talking in low but earnest tones. We must go back. We must go back to Illinois. It is the only thing to do, I heard the mother moan. And the boy answered, Mother, listen to what I say. We will go on. We will go on. We know where father was going to take us. We know what he was going to do. We will go on, and we will do what he intended to do, and if possible, we will do it better. We will go on. The first burst of pink in the east had turned to gold. Great streaks of light stretched from horizon to zenith. I could see in the dim and hazy light the hobbled horses grazing across the plain a quarter of a mile away. The boy of fifteen arose and put fuel on the fire. After breakfast, I saw that boy get a spade, a shovel, and a pick out of the wagon. With help of others, a grave was dug there on the prairie. The dead was rolled in a blanket and tied about with thongs, after the fashion of the Indians. Lines were taken from a harness, and we lowered the body into the grave. The grave was filled up by friendly hands working in nervous haste. I saw the boy pat down the mound with the back of a spade. I saw him carve with awkward, boyish hand the initials of his father, the date of his birth, and the day of his death. 
I saw him drive the slab down at the head of the grave. I saw him harness the four horses. I saw him help his little brothers into the canvas-covered wagon. I saw him help his mother climb the wheel as she took her place on the seat. I saw him spring up beside her. I saw him gather up the lines in his brown, slim hands and swing the whip over the leaders as he gave the shrill word of command and turned the horses to the west. And the cavalcade moved forward to the west, always to the west. The boy had met calamity and disaster. He had not flinched. In a single day he had left boyhood behind and become a man, and the years that followed proved him genuine. What was it worked the change? Grief and responsibility nobly met. End of chapter 2 Recording by Richard Kilmer, Rio Medina, Texas